Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, today is the final part of our series, Upside Down. It's a series that we started six weeks ago, and uh, I've had a real blast and a real joy in listening to our team share different aspects of this upside down kingdom that we are a part of. And uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but to help uh, set the scene on this last day of the series, I, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the film Poseidon, 2006 film Poseidon, which was a reboot from the 1972 version of the Poseidon Adventure. And basically, it was a cruise ship that was turned upside down by a tidal wave. And the premise of the rest of the film was about getting to the bottom of the ship in order to get to the top of the ocean in order to survive, which I don't know about you, is a real paradox. And I think that's a great illustration of what this series is about. Because many, many years ago, in the time of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned and original sin entered the world, it was like a tidal wave hit the planet. All God's plans and purposes were turned upside down. And from that moment forth, we've had to try to do things that are contrary and counter to the culture that we see around us in order to live in a way that is holy and pleasing to God. And that's the very premise and nature of this particular series because we are a part of an upside down kingdom, which in real terms is actually a right side up kingdom. What's upside down is the world in which we live. But to the world, the way we live our lives is upside down and it doesn't make sense. But from God's perspective, well, the way we're trying to live is the right side up. And that's why I want to encourage you not to be intimidated, to hold your head up high and to shake off fear and to be filled with courage in order that you might live the life that God intended you and I to live. Amen. In order for us to live this right side up kingdom in an upside down world, we need to embrace the words, the will and the ways of God. One of the things that you'll see Jesus saying in the Word of God over and over again is these words. You have heard it said this, but I tell you this. In other words, He was addressing an upside down culture and bringing it to its right side up nature. You have heard it said this, but I tell you something else. Why? Because normal is not working. I don't know if you know that. I know Christianity in the world's eyes is not normal, but I want to say that normal is not working. This world in which we live is slowly and in some areas speedily decaying. We have a problem in the environment today. We have problem in society today. We have problem in our relationships today. We have problem with our thinking today. We have all kinds of issues today. There's all kinds of substances out there to try to numb the pain of the realities that people are facing. I tell you, church, normal is not working. 
And so we may come across a little bit weird and a little bit strange, but that is needed because the normal that people are used to is bringing a whole heap of pain. And so the whole premise of this series is about us embracing the Word, the will and the ways of God in order to live a counterculture to the one in which we live today. Amen. Does this make sense this morning? And so to finish up, this series, we're going to look at what it means to receive, sorry, to give, to receive. If you want to receive, then you've got to learn to give. Again, it's a paradox. It doesn't make sense when you first hear those words, but hopefully through my message today, we will understand a little bit easily, easier, sorry, what it means to give in order to receive. You know, there was a study done in America more recently And uh, people were asked this question, how much money would you need in order for you to be happy? And interestingly enough, the people that were on $30,000 to $35,000 per annum came up with a figure of about $60,000. And as they continued the series, uh, the the, um, survey, it seemed that no matter what people earned, the answer was twice as much as what they presently receive. People thought that if they had twice as much money as they presently got, then they would be happy. The trouble is, what we're seeing in the world today is that is not where the answers are found. And so I want to read an account found in the book of Mark, chapter 10 this morning, which hopefully will change our heart and understanding in the area of giving. And Mark chapter 10, verse 17 says this, As Jesus started on His way, a man ran up to Him and fell on his knees before Him. Now you need to understand, this is not a parable. Jesus told a lot of parables in order to prove a point. This is not a parable. This is an account. This is something that actually took place in human history. Good teacher, He asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, your, uh, do not defraud honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, with a glint in his eye and a smile on his face. I did add that bit there, so it's not up there, just bear with me. He says, all of these things I have kept since I was a boy. And I love this bit. You don't ever fool Jesus. Jesus looked at him and loved him. He didn't judge him. He loved him. That's an interesting point to this account. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. This is an amazing account that takes place. This young man just runs up to Jesus. And this happened often in Jesus' ministry. People just come up and interrupt what he was doing. And this young man was no exception. He comes up and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, And Jesus starts throwing some things his way. And Jesus, knowing people better than anyone else, you know, he started with some of the things that uh, he would have known about this man that he had done really well. And uh, the the man got hope. And I think Jesus shared those things in order to give him hope. But in giving him hope, he didn't say he was perfect, 
Because Jesus knows in each and every one of us, there's something that's always lacking. Have you noticed that? But in order to encourage us, because He loves us, He says, well, you should do this, you should do this. He goes, I've, I've done that. And Jesus, with love in His eyes, says, you lack one thing. Now, you would think off the basis of all the other things that He got a tick on, that that's not a, that's not a harsh thing. And He said, just lack one thing. Young man's all ears and eyes. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, what is it? I'll do it. He said, I want you to give away all your wealth. <laughs> and his face looked like many of your faces this morning. <laughs> his face dropped and he turned around and went away sad. The subject of giving I've learnt over the years of preaching it will always invoke one of three responses. It will either make you sad, like this young man. It will either make you mad. There's a lot of people who get mad. Don't you talk to me about money. The church only wants your money. It will either make you sad, mad or glad. And my heart is this morning that through the presence of the Holy Spirit speaking to our Spirit, we can leave this place not sad or mad, but glad. But the thing that's not uh, highlighted in this account, but is very apparent, is there was more than just one sad person. See, the young man was sad, but I want you to spare a thought for Jesus. I think he was equally as sad. When people just walk out of your life because of truth, when people just walk out of your life because you only wanted to help them. When people walk out of your life because you just want the best for them. When people walk out of your life because it's just one little itty bitty thing I just want to help you with. When people walk out of your life, that doesn't exactly make you happy. And although it's not mentioned, I, I think I can read into it enough to say that there wasn't just one sad person at that moment. There was actually two. And the other person was himself, Jesus. And, and I say that. Because Jesus wasn't sad because he was rejected so much as he just actually loved this young man. This wasn't a teaching out of judgment. This wasn't a teaching out of, I'll show you. This wasn't a teaching out of, I'll get you. This is a teaching out of, I love you, I just want to help you. Because he's madly and passionately in love with each and every one of you. But because of this young man's agenda, he missed the love. And I don't know where you're at right now in your relationship with God or in your relationship with people or in your relationship with the church, but I wouldn't want your agenda to get in the way of the genuine love that God has for you and the genuine love that I have for you as I share this word. I am sharing this today because I love this church and I only want the best for this church. And when I say this church, I mean every one of us individually. And I don't want our preconceived ideas, our past hurts or baggage to rob what is actually being said here today. I want you to feel the love. I want you to receive the love because this young man missed what Jesus was saying because he didn't add the love peace into the equation. And, and the reason I want to share this particular message today is because as of next week, we move into legacy. And legacy is the time where we look at giving to our future. 
others benefiting from our generosity. That, that's what legacy is all about. And in three Sundays from now, we're going to have an opportunity, having prayed about what it is that we can give financially over and above our regular giving, we're going to have an opportunity to give to legacy in order to see our three focuses financed. And our three focuses are the church, the community and the kingdom. The church is the goose that lays the golden egg and the community that we're able to bless comes from the church. And so we want to make sure the church is healthy and strong. And from there, we want to be able to bless those uh, schools and, and those um, people in our immediate area. And kingdom is anything beyond our community. Legacy is all about creating a generational echo. We want people right now like young Banks here, to be able to say 20 years from now, thank you, church, that you gave before I was born, that you actually saw me before I was even formed. I want to thank you for your generosity, that you didn't make it all about you and yours. You actually saw me all these years later. That's what legacy is all about. But today, I want to be a little bit more selfish when it comes to this area of giving and, and talk about how giving can actually bless you. Because there is a benefit to us in giving. And I was told this as a young preacher, to preach the benefits, not the attributes. I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know what that means, but to take by way of example vitamins. If I had a, a, a bottle of vitamins right now and told you all the attributes, in this particular pill, there is vitamin A, there is vitamin B, there is B5, there is omega-6, and you'd be like, it's all true, it's just boring truth. Because it's just based on just attributes. It's just, it's just what's in them. But it's not really appealing. But if I was to say, hey, if you take this pill, you're going to have so much more energy, energy that you never ever experienced before. Hey, you've got you to get on to this. You may not know what the attributes are, but all of a sudden you just want them. I was told to preach the benefits. And I want to tell you, there are some incredible benefits to you and to me when we choose to get on God's page and God's program and start giving. Everyone shout out to me, giving. giving. So we're going to look very quickly at seven, yes, seven areas that giving benefits you. Are you ready for them? We're going to go through them quickly this morning. Number one is simply this, giving makes you more like God. Question, who here wants to be more like God? Oh, I'm good, aren't I? You see what I did there? We pray it all the time. God, I want to be more like you. In our worship this morning, said, Jesus, I, I just want to be more like you. We pray that all the time. Where giving is one of those areas that if we would participate in, we become more like Him. Jesus encouraged this rich young ruler to give in order that he might become more like God. And had the rich young ruler not walked away, but started giving, he would have found, wow, I've never felt more like God in my life. And I say that because God is a generous God. If you want to be more like God, you've got to understand the attributes of God. And one of the many attributes of God is that He's a generous God. He is generous in every season it's because it's who He is. He can't not be generous. For Him not to be generous is for Him to stop being who He is. It's one of His attributes. He is a generous God. Our generosity is a sign that we're becoming more like Him. See, every one of us that's come to know Jesus as our personal Lord and Saviour, that it should be marked that we're no longer the same person. 
And I'm not talking about behaviour modification. I'm not talking about trying to change in order to please God. I'm talking about changing because I've walked into a new life with Christ. And uh, I, I would love to think that the people in your world that have experienced who you are before Christ and after Christ will say, you know what, I don't always get that person, but, but he's different. He's different. I, I referenced Norm last week in a service and I've been thinking about it all that week, all this week. When I think about the, the long journey that you took in coming to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. Norm was coming to our church for about 18 months. And he came because he was trying to be a good husband to his wife, I think. And, and there were some young kids involved and, 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 and maybe a little bit intrigued. But the vibe that Norm gave off week after week was, don't you try and convert me. <laughs> and and he, he sat in worship most Sundays with his arms folded. He, he, was, he was nice enough, but just, just don't give me the religious stuff. I'm happy to have your coffee. Happy to have a few freebies that you give out, but just don't do the Jesus thing on me. And to his credit, he kept coming and positioning himself in the presence of God. It's not language he would have used. At that time, you wouldn't even known you were doing that. But week after week, he was there. And then there was this moment where we had an opportunity just to bless him and his family while he was still very much not a Christian. And we were able to just bless his family through a series of events. And, and I'll never forget one service. He said, can, can I stand before the church and, and, and thank the church for what they've done for me and my family? Now, I've never given... I don't, I don't give the microphone just to anybody. <laughs> I certainly don't usually hand the microphone to non-Christians that are cynical and don't really like Jesus or the church. <laughs> but... I don't know, I just felt there was something in his ask that God was on and I took the risk and I gave him the mic and he came and stood about here. I mean, it was about here. It wasn't over there, it was about here. And he just thanked the church and i, I never forget the words he used. He let us all know, even at that moment with the microphone in his hand, I'm not a Christian. He told the church, he was preaching, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> but in short, he made this comment, he said, that I, I don't believe in a God, but if there is one, he lives in you. In other words, there's something different about you. And Norm came to have a God encounter. First and foremost, through seeing the God in us. And I believe that that's how it should be. For 18 months, we never pressured him to read his Bible. We never pressured him to go to a connect group. We never pressured him to cut his hair. We never pressured him to do anything. We just loved on him. He responded. And I'll never forget, we had a keynote speaker, a friend of ours, Peter Howard Brown, was speaking one day. And he just looks at Norm and says, Norm, are you actually going to give your life to Jesus or not? <laughs> and it became very apparent that he was ready. And he's been in the house serving ever since he's here on the front row today with his Here to Help shirt. And I just think, wow, that's the way it should be. People becoming more like God. Because giving makes you more like God. Who wants to be more like God? Yeah. Then, then let's actively 
embrace giving. Let's not stay in our sadness. Let's not stay in our madness when it comes to this area. But let's actually embrace it because God has said. Amen. Whatever we do reflects who we are. But more importantly, it reflects whose we are. And I had the privilege before starting this church with working for my dad. I did my apprenticeship with him as a sign writer. And uh, we were often on jobs together. And we got the, I got this comment over and over and over again. They'd look at me and say, I can tell whose boy you are. Just because of my mannerisms. My dad was good at his job. I was good at my job. There's all these similarities between me and my dad. And people could just look at me and know whose son I was. And I can't think of a higher... A degree of praise to be spoken of at our church when people say, wow, I, I know what church you go to. I'm so proud of our young people because many of them are employed in the same employee at the Hoyts Cinema. I don't know, there's about 10, 11, 12 of them now. And they've just got an incredible reputation of the, the, the young people at that church are worthy of employment. And I think, wow, that's the way it should be. When we give, we become more like God. And when we become more like God, it's a standout quality. Why should we give? How does it benefit us? You and I are going to become more like God. And if that's our desire and that's our prayer, let's start giving. Number two, giving draws us closer to God. You know, the rich young ruler, get this, he went away. Sad. He got further away from Jesus. He got further away from the things of God as he held on to his wealth. Holding on to your wealth will take you further away from God's plan and God's purpose. I know that because if I look at this world, if having money was the answer to happiness, then the world would be happy. They're just not. If having money and wealth was the answer to health and prosperity, we would see that in the world. We're just not seeing that. If you want to get closer to God, and again, maybe even this morning you found yourself saying, God, I want more of you. I want to get closer to you this morning, oh God. Well, one of those ways in which we can get closer to him is through giving. Giving brings us closer to God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, treasure is like a magnet. It pulls you closer to the place where you invest it. I, 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 will, I will know what is a priority in your life if I could look into your bank account. Your bank account is always going to reflect what is a priority in your life. I know there are some realities. I bumped into the Sanders yesterday and uh, we were in Woolworths there and I thought, man, we've got a lot of food here, feeding our family. And then I saw the Sanders. We were in line behind the Sanders for over half an hour. <laughs> Is there like six of this, ten of that? And this is massive. I, I know there are some realities. I, I know there are mouths to feed. I get that and I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. But if we use that as an excuse, it's going to keep us at a distance from God. And my heart is, you know what? Let's feed the kids. Let's make sure they get well fed and stay healthy and strong. But can we do that off the back of putting God first in order that we might be close to him? Number three, giving is the antidote for materialism. 
The young ruler in this story would not have said, I have a problem with wealth. I'm a greedy person. He wouldn't have said that. Very few people are that aware. Usually you need a person or a situation to happen in order to find out what's really in. Are you with me? The good, the bad and the ugly seasons in our life really showcase what we are made of. And this young man would not have said he was greedy. But this moment highlighted something of his greed that he wasn't aware of. But in order for us to break the greed that's in all of us, and I want to say in me, there is greed. In you, there is greed. In all of us, there is greed. There is, there is something that actually wants something more for myself than for others, more for myself than God. And one of the ways we break that grip in our lives is through giving. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, You cannot serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other. He'll be devoted to one or despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Now, I think this is an amazing portion of Scripture because, you know, let's be honest, there are some times that the Bible is quite vague. There are times that it appears to contradict and you've got to study hard to work out what it's really saying. But there's other passages like this one that's very obvious. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that what Jesus is saying is actually in this life, when it comes to what you serve, it's going to be God or money. And money has a massive grip on our lives. And the way we break that grip is by putting God first. There's no pill you can take. There's no amount of counsel you can get. It's actually a decision to give. And the moment we choose to give, it breaks the grip that finances or money has on our lives. Jesus was effectively saying this, you'll either serve God Almighty or you'll serve the Almighty dollar. It's gone very quiet in here, which was to be expected. The reason materialism has such a stronghold in people's thinking is that we confuse our net worth with our self-worth. And I want to say lovingly, your net worth has nothing to do with your self-worth. In this church, there will always be people that earn more money than you. The goal is not for you to earn as much as that person. The goal is for us to find our security in Christ, to find our self-worth in who He has made us to be. And as a result of that security, we find our purpose. And our purpose will uh, lead us and guide us to the happiest, most peaceful life possible. Let's not make the salary the goal. I think of the people that are outside of their purpose, trying to earn more money in a job that they're not gifted to do. I believe God wants to lovingly set us free from that this morning. And one of the ways he's going to do that is when we start giving, the grip of materialism will be broken. Number four, giving strengthens your faith. How many of you have ever said, I I want my faith strengthened? Well, I want to tell you, uh, faith is strengthened when we operate in faith. You have to step out in faith in order for your faith to be strengthened. You know, every one of us in this room has muscles. Some are bigger than others because they use them. That's it. Some We all have muscles. But the use of them is what grows them. And all of us have faith. But, but, but the size of our faith really is dependent on how much we use our faith. And every time we give, particularly in the area of finances, it's an opportunity for our faith to grow because it does take faith as they step out and to give. It took Peter faith to step out of the boat. There were 12 disciples, but only one stepped out 
in faith. And he walked on water. And yes, he did begin to sink as his faith waned. But for a moment in time, Peter was walking on the water. And I've heard it preached and I've heard it said that Peter lacked faith. And the miracle of him walking on water gets overlooked. Oh, poor old Peter. He said, I'm telling you, he walked on water. I don't know how long for, but he walked on water. Is there anyone here who's walked on water? No. But he stepped out of the boat and it says he stepped out of the boat. He engaged faith. And it says we actually give, we engage faith. And it can be daunting at times. But wow, our faith is going to grow. Now I know you can give for other reasons that are ungodly. I know you can give out of pride. Look how generous I'm being. We can give out of pride. And, and you know what? That would not be the desire or the motive I would want you to give. And we can also give out of fear. Oh, if I don't give, Tony won't love me. If we don't give, God won't love me. If we don't give, I won't be part of this church. I don't want you to give out of fear. We want you to give out of faith. So we not only want you to give, this series is about making sure our motive is pure, that our motive is right. Because we don't want you becoming more religious. We want you becoming more like Jesus. And so if you give out of pride, if you give out of fear, you won't get closer to Jesus. You'll just become more religious. And we don't want religion on you. In actual fact, for 25 years, I've been trying to take religion off people. We want to see you set free because the one who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so it's not about giving out of fear or giving out of pride. It's about giving out of faith. You'll realise you can also not give out of pride. You can not only give out of pride, but you can not give out of pride. You can say, I'm not going to give. I've worked really hard for this money. So you can give out of pride. Look how good I am. And you cannot give out of pride. I'm not doing that. I've worked really hard for this money. See, pride is not a good motivator. You can also give out of fear. Oh, if I don't, God won't love me. But you cannot give out of fear. Oh, I can't afford to give. See, fear is not a good motivator. But faith is a principle of God. And it's the best motivation for our giving. We're going to give. And we may say, man, this may be a stretch. But I'm going to trust God with my finance and become more like Him and strengthen my faith, faith in the meantime. Number five, giving is an investment into eternity. The rich young ruler missed out on an opportunity to give, not just to his future, but to his eternity. I want you to know this, and I'm not trying to sensationalise this, and I'm certainly not here to capitalise on some of the more recent deaths we've had in our church, but here's the reality I know. You can't take anything with you when you die. And I'm not against financial advisors looking to set you up in the future, making sure you get good returns on your investments. I, I think that's wisdom. But if I can just use that as an example for a moment, what, what would be a better financial investment than investing not only into our future, but into our eternity? So you can't outgive God. And we have a small opportunity here on planet Earth what we do in our 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 odd years that we are here on planet Earth is going to have a reflection and a bearing into time and eternity. You know, the two greatest questions that we're going to be asked, every person is going to be asked. The first one is this, that God's going to ask you, what did you do with my son? And for every Christian, they're going to say, I received Jesus as my personal Lord and Saviour. And he's going to say, well done, good, faithful servant. And the second question that we will get asked as Christians that are saved, he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? And how we answer that 
will determine how we spend eternity. One determines where we spend eternity. The second question determines how we spend eternity. And again, as a pastor, it would be amiss of me not to share the truths that I found in the Word of God in order to set up not only your future, but also your eternity. When we give, it's an investment into our eternity. Number six, as the band come up, that'd be great. Giving will bless you. Giving will bless you. I think if we only ever gave to be blessed, I think there's something wrong with that motivation. But this I know, and it's right throughout scriptures, God is such a generous God. He's such a, he's such a good God. This is what you'll find, that you will indeed be blessed. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it will be poured into your laps. With the measure you use it, it will be measured unto you. Here's the problem with the rich young ruler. He saw giving as a loss. Jesus saw giving as a gain. Jesus gave his life. Why? Because he knew the gain it would have. Anyone in this room has experienced the gain of Jesus giving? I know I have. This rich young ruler didn't see giving as gaining. He saw it as losing. And that was the problem. It was his stinking thinking. I trust that through this series, our thinking has been shifted. Because you'll only arise above the level, or you'll never rise above the level of your thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I'm trusting that this series will break down the stinking thinking in our lives. How does God bless us? I believe God can bless us many ways. Here's three ways that God can bless us, financially speaking. One, He can increase our salary. I, I know of many testimonies. Where, Man, I got a promotion. Man, I got this gift. Man, I, I, this money came out of nowhere. God can increase the finances to you. He can increase your salary. Secondly, He can bless you by decreasing our expenses. Who loves getting a bargain? I know I do. We went out the other day, went to a restaurant, and because we frequented it a number of times, we just went there just, to, just as we normally would and went to pay and he said, it's on me. I said, what? You didn't have to do that. He said, no, I just want to. And this guy's not even a Christian, to my knowledge. I thought, wow. wow. And all of a sudden I got this money that was going to be for me or my expenses just decreased. And now I got this incredible opportunity to be a greater blessing. God will do that. God has an incredible way of blessing. I was in New Zealand just recently. And I may have told this story, but let me tell you the outcome of this story. I was in a conference in New Zealand with Pastor Paul and Marie and and uh, I, I love conferences because of the teaching it, but also because of the friendships you get to connect with again. I've got a, friend, a worldwide friendship base and it's in moments like that I get to meet up all my old friends I haven't seen for a while and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And uh, I, I remember in one of those moments I was talking to my friends I hadn't seen for a while, for living in different parts of the world. And then I saw this guy all by himself. And at first I ignored it. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't ignore this guy any longer. And the more I stayed in my circle of friends, the less the less enjoyable it was becoming because I knew God was tapping me on the shoulder to go, go talk to that guy. 
And so, oh, excuse me, guys, got to go. And, and I went, uh, said hi to this guy, introduced myself, and and got chatting away. And um, we got to uh, become friends. And uh, he was telling me about his family. I was telling him about mine. And he says he's travelling with his uh, daughter. He's got three kids. She's a middle daughter. I said, I'm a middle daughter. I said I'd love to meet her. In actual fact, I said I'd not only love to meet her. I'd tell her I've got a gift for her. Now I didn't have a gift, but I thought by the time tomorrow comes, I can surely buy one somewhere. And uh, in the meantime, I went out and bought her this journal and, uh, and I put some money in. It's a $50 note and uh, this journal that I bought for her. And uh, I met her the next day and I gave her this journal and she was like blown away. And we just became good friends over the week. That's a cool story. A week later, I get an email from this gentleman and uh, he's in Texas, in the United States of America. And he just could not... Stop thanking me for what I did for him. He said, I, I realise what those conferences are about. It's about catching up with family and friends, people you haven't seen for a while. And for you to take time out, out of disconnecting from your friends to talk to me means so much to me. And the way you bless my child, I, I, cannot, I cannot describe what that did for me as a dad and, and how much you blessed her. And, and she uses that journal every day. She's so grateful. And this is what he said. He said, anytime you're ever in America, come and stay with us. I thought, Wow. Now, if I, if I, if I go to, would I be right in saying that if I went to Texas and wanted to stay there, I'd have to get accommodation, which would cost me money? Not anymore. <laughs> Who knew that $50 in a journal could open so many doors? My expenses just decreased. Now, I didn't do it for that. But wow, God has an incredible way of getting blessing to us. The other way is that he can protect our commodities. He can protect what we have. And, and, and one of the things that marks my life and our house is that things don't wear out like they do in other places and in other homes. I, I'm incredibly grateful to God how he seems to take what we buy and I hear people say, oh, that's broken. That's the... I was like, my God, we don't seem to have those stories to the same degree or the same extent. As other it's one of the ways God has blessed me. Now, again, I'm not saying we should give to be blessed, but there is a huge reality right throughout Scripture. That if, you, if you give, you'll be blessed. And the last one, number seven, is simply this, that giving makes you happy. <laughs> Which is the exact opposite of the response to the rich young ruler. He went away sad. If having more money makes you happy, why didn't he go away happy? If, if having wealth makes you happy, he should have said, uh, Jesus, I hear you, buddy. Appreciate it, but no thank you. Woo-hoo, this is the day. Hey, this is the day that I have made. I, you know, like, but he didn't. He went away sad. Giving will make you happy. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, there is more happiness in giving than there is in receiving. Have you ever been on the, the good side of giving when you actually give to someone and the incredible joy it brings to your life? I, I've, I've been on the receiving end and that brings great joy. But I can honestly stand before you and say, having the opportunity to give is of a joy that supersedes the joy of receiving. When you give, you will be happy. It's a biblical law. It's a biblical principle. I know it doesn't make sense to the natural mind, but it's a law that God has put in place and it will not change. 
You see, all of life starts with giving. You know, I gave my life to Jesus in my teenage years and I was born again. I received a new life. How did that start? It started when Jesus gave his life for me, but it also started when I gave my life to him. We can't start our Christian walk with the principle of giving and not see that principle continued on a daily basis thereafter. Giving is God's way. And as we lead up to our legacy giving, I want us to come next week, not mad. I want us to come next week, not sad. But I want us to come next week, glad that we could come to the house of God. Glad that we get the privilege to be able to ask God how we might partner with Him in order for future generations. What a privilege. You know, if the Apostle Paul was alive today, he'd be rubbing his hands, oh, I wish I could be alive at that dispensation in order to make a difference, but he's had his day. This is our moment in the sun. This is our day. This is our time. This is our opportunity. Let's not waste a moment of it. Let's make it count. In this church, we're not gonna pressure you ever to give. We are gonna preach biblical truth. We are gonna preach the things that are found in the Word of God. We are unapologetically going to declare His Word, the full counsel of His Word, that we might live in freedom. And all we're asking is that you would consider over the next three weeks what it is that you can contribute, financially speaking, to our legacy giving. We realise for different people, it's going to be different amounts. But we have our opportunity. I would love every person to be actively involved in giving. There will be different amounts, but there should be equal sacrifice. This I know, if we open up our hearts, say, God, will you speak to me? He will speak. Why? Because He's committed to seeing His church established, His kingdom established. So God's not going to say, I don't want you to be part of that. God's going to want us to be a part of it. The how much is between you and Him. Because I believe that God can speak directly to you. We're going to be continuing our series tonight on hearing the voice of God. And tonight's a very practical one. And I'd love you to get out to that and have a listen to that because it's going to help us preparing our hearts to hear when it comes to the area of our legacy giving at this time. But this I want to establish. Giving to legacy at the expense of giving to the church Giving to legacy at the expense of our regular giving is, is not extra giving at all. And so next week as we start this subject, we want to talk specifically about different areas of giving and the importance of each and every one of those particular areas. Will you stand with me? Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 